and we're off. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hey, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham. With me today, of course, is the absolutely very fantastic Jojo, to whom I say hello, Jojo. Jojo, we are doing alright. We are do- doing alright. We're recording a bit late. We're actually releasing this episode a bit, a bit late because life, right? Life. That's right, life. Yeah, but uh, other than that, we're good, right, Jojo? Yeah, we're good. Alright, so we're good. your microphone seems to be a bit too far from you, but it's all good, right? How's this? Is that better? Uh, Is that better? It's not gonna bite, Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> it might no, it, it might it, it, seriously it's not biting so you, you can pull it pull it pull it up a bit <laughs> right but you know everything is all right so we're doing this because we actually doing a double or double whammy this a double feature yes yeah and the reason we did this is because we felt like one wasn't enough it wasn't substantive enough to for us to to go on for at least 45 minutes or an hour. So today we are reviewing two Netflix movies. One is Do Revenge and one is Lou. The first one I'd like to actually talk about, Jojo, is Lou, because more than anything else, I wanted to know what you think about it, because uh, you're going to be surprised (laughs) to hear what I think about it, I think. So I, I'm not going to say that it's a cinematic masterpiece or anything like that at all, but I think that it was enjoyable and I, I really liked Alice and Janie in this. Like, I I really enjoyed her performance. Uh, what about you? So, so here's the thing. I view it as something that Alice and Janie wanted to have fun with and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's okay. It's one of those like if you if you like this kind of shit, it, it's cool. But to see Alice and Janney in this role, I found it a bit insulting to her. It's like I'm I wasn't buying it. <laughs> um, and it it has nothing to do with her acting. Is and maybe I'm typecasting her in my head. But Alice and Janney is very cerebral. To me, you know, this is a person that I, I I could just sit down and watch her talk or listen to her talk, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's mm-hmm. not only because she was CJ on on the West Wing. It's not only because of that. Alice and Janney has played some characters that are like f- absolute badass too. Because if you saw her on Itania, <laughs> you know that she has the ability of being a badass, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's just the whole gun totting, you know, fighting and biting shit that I can't, I can't see her <laughs> in that role. And <laughs> the entire time uh, I watched the movie, I was questioning the whole thing just based on that. Um, so it wasn't, you couldn't just suspend reality with, with it, with, with her. It seems, it seems that was yeah. the case. Yes. Yeah. So because of that, I was forced to kind of like scrutinize the movie a bit more in everything. Speaking of the the 
I'm talking about the plot, the the acting on the other parts and everything else. And I'm like, Alison Jenny is going to look at this, look back at this and think, this is probably the worst movie I've ever made, but it has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I agree with that. I think she probably wanted like, I don't know, a, a, a extra 40 feet added to her in-ground pool or something like that and was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this movie and, you know. No, it's it's definitely not a fantastic movie. I could sus- suspend belief probably because I haven't really seen her in like the West Wing or a lot of super dignified roles. And uh, so I I enjoyed her take on the 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 the, the overdone trope of you know digging somebody out of retirement to do one last job. That's not quite what happened here, but you know you know what I mean. And but I I liked that it was this, you know, sort of grizzled old um, uh, mountain woman as opposed to the grizzled old mountain man that it typically is. It's weird. <laughs> so, it's weird, Jojo. It's weird in the sense, uh, and I'm sorry, I know you, you were about to say something. The, the, the reason I say it's weird is because they, they did that to Helen Mirren, with Helen Mirren, mm-hmm. and I had a hard time believing it because, like, Helen Mirren is such a, classic actress and whatever you mm-hmm. know and uh i'm like that's not helen Mirren, you know but because helen Mirren is so much older than alison janney i could actually believe that some grandma with mad skills and shit came out of retirement and did a whole bunch of shit no one was expecting it or whatever y- you know alison janney doesn't belong to a mountain cabin <laughs> It's just too fucking. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me, man. She should have. So we should have had like a. It should have been like a. Uh, I don't know, like a New York plot. Like she got lost in the crowd type thing. Yes. Yeah. And maybe she. Maybe she had a, a, a. She was the landlord of like a a building in New York, and that's how she got the connection with the. Hey, I'm serious. With, Journey Smollett and the and V and uh, and all that other other stuff and then we had fights in like back alleys and stuff. I could I could probably have believed that a bit more okay. because in terms of the fights, in terms of the greet, in terms of all of it, I mean she sold the fucking thing. I just don't buy the whole deer killing, gutting and shit and freezing meat and like, yo no yo Alison Janney fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I had, uh, it's a very enjoyable little movie because she kicks ass, you know. The little girl is absolutely precious, V. V is fantastic. Yes. V is fantastic. Yes. She really is. And, and, and to find the chemistry where you probably wouldn't expect it, I don't know why, but, I mean, Journey Smollett and her on-screen chemistry is insane, yo. Like, I was like... You know, these people know each other. They, 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 they must have worked together before, you know. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a terrible movie, as you said. It's it's just not a fantastic movie. And no, I would no. not have cast Alison Janney for this. No. <laughs> nope. I, I, th- I think, I think, yeah. Who would you have cast? You know, somebody like, I don't know, Sigourney Weaver or some shit, you know. Uh, even that... You know, Bernie Bro lady, what's her name? Uh, Susan Sarandon or some shit like that. One oh, of okay. those rugged women. 
<laughs> shit, Alison Jan is from like Connecticut and shit, like boarding school type. <laughs> something, you know, I mean, like, shut up, man. <laughs> Tall ass girl, you know, like, it's, she's old brains, you know, and I, I don't know. But there was, there, there were a lot of, of things that I enjoyed in this movie. And it was. So if you if you have seen Alice and Johnny, her humor is almost non-American. Like her her sarcasm is just like German or something like that. The, the way that she says things, and it takes you like maybe five minutes to realize that she was just fucking busting your balls. And some of the dialogue in this is designed like that because. <laughs> like, she blew up the whole fucking thing journey. Uh, so like, what did you learn to do all this like Girl Scouts? <laughs> <laughs> like, of course you. <laughs> journey was like that was never any of, of my. Gr- I was in the Girl Scouts, and I don't remember any of that happening. She was like, ah, I guess different troops are different. I loved that. <laughs> to position to read and then the last thing was the one the other thing was like say who was your branch cia a spy you never let that one she's like i'd be shitty spy if i did (laughs) yo those are lines those are cj lines man those are alice and jenny lines like i'd be shitty spy if you like She's not wrong, though. <laughs> She's not wrong. Be a she? dead spy. <laughs> You'd have never heard of me. <laughs> Yo, man. This movie, yeah. like, they found ways to make it funny. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, like, I just... One, the dude that was supposed to be the bad dude, he's a terrible actor. Who is this guy? He is a terrible actor. I don't really know... If this was just a particularly bad thing for him, or or what? Because uh, I, I I don't know. I, just, I don't know. They just want like we, we don't have a lot of money for this movie, so we're gonna pay all the money to Journey Smollett and Alison Janney. That might have been it. It might have just been. <laughs> they were just gonna <laughs> cast a bunch of who knows where. Because like <laughs> yo, <laughs> who is this dude? He's terrible, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a shame though because he was in this kind of a horror movie called The Upgrade, and it's been a few years ago. And it was actually okay. It wasn't a great movie. I'm not gonna say it was a great movie, but he was actually pretty good in it. Like yeah. he, it's 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 a almost like a dual personality thing where he gets set in the not too distant future and he gets upgraded by a like an AI thing that essentially takes over his body and makes it so that he can do things that a normal human being can't. It's, it's, it is a dumb premise, but he's actually good in it because it's funny because he is like this pacifist sort of sweet dude. He's playing one. And then his body becomes this like killing machine and his face through the whole thing is like, what the shit? And it's like, (laughs) it's very, very funny. Like he did a really good job with that. So I don't know if he like, I don't know. I don't know if he like smoked too much weed over the past couple of years or, <laughs> or pandemic, you know, lockdown sent him into something bad and he didn't get enough practice. I don't know. But yeah, he was, he was not good at he this. Was, he, he was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of he the was. better actors here was Jax. 
you know. Jax was fantastic. Hey, Jax is, Jax is dope, man. Jax, Jax kind of reminded fantastic. me of the dude, of the little dog from, what was that movie with the French dude that won the Oscar and we never heard from him again? Oh, uh, the artist. The artist, yeah. Yeah, the Jack Russell. I forgot his name, but yes. Yeah, man. Uh, the, uh, well, Jax reminded me of that dog. But like yeah. he, was, he was like, so Jax gave a big clue at the end here. He did. You know, on the ferry. He did. Because like he kind of twisted his head like, yo, is that what I think it is? <laughs> but he ain't saying anything because Jax don't be talking like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes, he's not a narc. Dogs typically are narcs, but he's not a narc. But here's the thing, though. Do you think they'll dare to actually come up with a two and three of this movie? Because, like, <laughs> they seem to think that that story goes on. <laughs> it's Netflix, so God only fucking knows, man. Like, you know, they'll cancel Fantastic Show and, and give something else five or six. My question <laughs> is, would Allison, Allison Jenny sign up for it again? <laughs> I don't know. It kind of seemed like she had fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was all about for her to have fun so, with this one. So if they paid her enough and just let her have fun again, she might. I, I, and she, and and she, you know, with it having been so popular on Netflix, because I think it was like in the top ten for quite a while, several weeks. If it made enough money, she might be able to say, "Okay, we're gonna get some better writers." <laughs> yeah, it, it it could be one of those that the first one was like, eh, and then. All of a sudden, the story takes a life of, of its own or whatever, you know. Because she was yeah. like an older Jason Bourne kind of shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it's going to be like, you know, Lou in Paris and shit. Yeah, there we go. Well, they'll, they'll do that and then they'll have like uh, flashbacks to when she was young or yeah. something. I don't know. Destroying Some Monaco shit. or whatever, you know. Yeah. Or like, like do you remember the Taken... Like how many takings has it has it been now? Six? I don't know. <laughs> how do you but get there's been a, a lot of shit like that. <laughs> how many daughters do you have that keep getting stolen? <laughs> <laughs> keep better track of your kids, man. Damn. <laughs> you you daughters are dumbass. I'm sorry, babe. Like <laughs> Did you teach time, them nothing? <laughs> yeah, but every time she falls for it, man. No. Can you just talk to your daughter, player? <laughs> right. Buy her a bodyguard or something. Yeah. So <laughs> let us move on though to do revenge because this one we're going to talk about a lot. <laughs> the reason we're going to talk about this a lot is because my dumbass was a bit reluctant to watch this one. You, yeah, you, you were kind of like, isn't that a teeny popper one? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, no, and, and yeah, I'm glad to you kind of put it into perspective for me, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I watched Lou, and it was nothing to write home about. So let's go ahead and and watch Do Revenge, and boy, I was fucking surprised. This one was surprisingly great like I'm, I'm yeah no seriously i am um, so what what brought you to 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 watching this 
So I, I kind of liked the premise. I liked the idea of, I watched the trailer, which really doesn't do justice to they never what do, the story is actually about. They really never do. But I, I was kind of like, this looks like it could be like wacky fun. And I love Maya Hawk. Like I've, I've seen nearly everything she's done and I'm watching her grow as an actress. And I think she's just fantastic. Like she just has this casual glamour about her and she's got this amazing voice and she is just this fantastic actress and I can't wait to see where her career goes. So I wanted to see, basically I watched it because she was in it. And there are some other fantastic performances in here that might even outshine her a little bit. So yeah, I'm I'm very, very glad I, I watched it. I'm glad you watched it and enjoyed it too. Yeah, and I was really taken aback by the whole thing because it was... So I, I thought of it as something a bit soulless and, and just nonsensical teenage, ooh, I hate you, and but we're going to be frenemies and shit. And it was like really, really different because that wasn't the case at all. This this really went dark. And it went dark, uh, like labyrinth type of dark. <laughs> it's not just a room. <laughs> it was like, shit, where am I? How do I get the fuck out of here? Kind of dark. Yeah. Yeah, and and I found myself enjoying it so much. The acting was insane, and there were some surprising faces there that we're going to talk about. But let's kind of like let you give our listeners a, a bit of the of perspective on this one. How, how, how did this all happen? A little little synopsis? Yes, if you would. Okay, so this, uh, this movie takes place in kind of a fictional, uh, fictionalized private high school for the, the super rich. And uh, one of our heroines is Drea, and she's kind of the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. And uh, she claws her way up the social ladder and falls all the way back down again when a intimate video that she made for her boyfriend got leaked. And everybody kind of like ostracizes her for it. And uh, she loses her chances at, at some scholarships and things like that. So she's, she's kind of hitting rock bottom. And then at the same time, Andrea is played by Camila Mendez. And at the same time, we have Maya Hawke, who is Eleanor, who was kind of outed as gay, but that's not really the problem she had. She was outed and then made to be this sort of like predator right. um, that she held this girl down and kissed her and, and did inappropriate things with her. And that's not actually what happened. So her reputation was basically ruined. And she's, you know, they're completely different girls. One's completely consumed with climbing the social ladder and how people perceive her. And the other one is, is Maya Hawk. She's a bit more, you know, thoughtful and no, that's not what I'm interested in. But I, I just want, you know, I want my, my life back. I, I want this girl to understand how much she hurt me. So through a series of events, these two come together and decide to do each other's revenge. <laughs> do revenge, right. Do revenge. They decide to do revenge. And it's the perfect plot, of course, because no one's going to suspect, since they come from different classes in the school and in the cast, whatever you want to call it, in the school, different cliques, you know, nobody's going to suspect them of being friends or of doing this for each other. So, uh, of course, it's going to work perfectly. And uh, it kind of... 
goes twistedly from there. And what anybody should know in watching this, I think that if you're not interested in it, one great thing to know is this movie is based on a movie called Strangers on a Train by Alfred Hitchcock. And that is based on a book called Strangers on a Train by Patricia Highsmith, who is very well known for her extremely twisted writing. She wrote The Talented Mr. Ripley. She wrote a few other things that I can't remember the name of. But this is based on, so this is based on an Alfred Hitchcock movie interpretation of a book. And it also has uh, draws from some of the old 90s team sitcom, rom-com movies like Clueless and that kind of thing. You got a lot of nods to that and Dangerous Liaisons and that kind of thing. So this is, this is like a, um, I don't know, kind of like a nostalgia fest, but also in a really twisted, dirty way. And I absolutely love it. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, the Hitchcockian vein in this is incredibly palpable. You know, it gives you that vibe. It gives you the, there is a throwback sense to it that it's not about being in color or, or the way it's stylized or anything like that. There is a a storytelling type of way that things mm-hmm. go here, that it focuses on the people that matter, one, but at the same time, it does not forget the surrounding characters. And so one of the biggest problems you have with 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 uh, the way things are done nowadays is there is a, a narcissistic way of, of directing and, and even writing characters in that the central character is everything and and it's all about them and everybody else's character is so minor that you find yourself you don't know who to root for like other than the the central character the the the, we've talked about this before jojo where one of the things about classic movies is that the point of view of certain characters are presented so well so their stories are told in a way that makes you understand the character to the point where you're like, I mean, I know you're the star, but what you did is fucked up. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of siding with, with these character and I kind of see them for the, the human, the human elements in them. So yeah. I, I think this was to me where that, you know, Hitchcock vibe came about, but, it's it's just weird that at the end of the day, as you said, this was based maybe slightly on a Hitchcock movie, but but this this was a surprising element, and I and and I love it. I think the the cast was excellent, uh, as you said, and like I said, there were some faces there that I was surprised to see, but the the idea that all of these young actors actually pulled off this movie in a way that as a critic, albeit not professionals, but as a critic, we are satisfied and we are talking about it. I think it's a great thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think the writer and director of it, or, or I should say co-writer and sole director of it, Jennifer Robinson, she gets a lot of credit, obviously, for this too. But it, it's very funny at the very, very end of the credits – and I don't know why I wanted to watch the credits all the way through to the end, but I did and I watched them. But at the very, very end of the movie, there's a little plaque that comes up that says, 
to anyone who ever knew me, if you think you see yourself in this movie, hi. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's she's one of those writers that was like, yeah, you're an asshole, and you're going you're going in my book. <laughs> Terrible things are going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, so I liked that part very much. So, but yeah, I she brought together a great cast. They all did fantastic work. There's a lot of fun elements with the the costumes and the the sets. That are, that are a little bit odd and, and I don't think realistic in the slightest, but also really helped with the whole feel of the movie, the whole world that you're sort of been dropped into. That's I, I think it's meant to give you a feeling of, of otherworldliness in the sense of just how rich these kids are. So, One of the things I, I actually enjoyed here is the fact that the writer took their time to give you a glance into the world of those ultra-rich kids and the things that they go through because our tendency, because we're not in that world and because we indubitably have a certain resentment to that world, is to like, fuck you, boo-hoo. Like, you're super rich and your life is hard because daddy wants you to make it to Harvard. But it is also... It gives you an insight into their inability from the moment they were born to never have their own choices. Whereas we, on the other hand, we have the choice of saying, when I grow up, I want to work hard and make it to Harvard on my own accord, <laughs> you know. Or when I grow up, I want to go just be a roughneck on an oil rig, <laughs> Oh, when I grow up, I probably will never do anything that is uh, worth mentioning. The, these kind of choices we have, and we hate, we hate having those choices because we would rather, as teenagers, would have rather had the parents that threw us a party at 16 and gave us a Ferrari or some shit. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> but it is a good thing to understand the different, like what we call the different world's problems in that respect. The way, the way that it collides is that we have our problems and our problems are probably as teenagers, we thought that our lives were too real and not superficial enough. And we wanted the superficial, we wanted the 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 seamless having your life together type of shit, whereas we had to work hard for it. And you can see that in what is asked of Drea, right? Drea has had this opportunity to the scholarship at this school, but she is heavily scrutinized to the point where even when she's the victim, she should have shut her mouth and just be cool with it because uh, the person who wronged you is too powerful to even go after. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind yeah. of thing. And, and, and even in, in the world of of races, it's the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if I get fired from a job, my first instinct is to be dignified about it pick up my stuff and get out without making a scene. Anybody else can make a scene and it would be, yeah, he stood up 
against injustice and shit and blah, blah, blah. I mean, so let's take these to another level. Here in Charlotte, North Carolina, there is a dude who used to be a vice president of a very well-known healthcare providing company, and he got fired. He is suing that company, arguing that he got fired because the company wanted to implement too much diversity, so they fired him so that they could give a person of color his job. The crazy thing Jesus is, Christ. the crazy thing is, he found a judge that actually decided, yeah, we're going to let this go further. He's suing the company for $12 million. And because of arbitration laws, he's getting about 1.2 out of that, maybe a 10% of that. But yeah. <laughs> now, this is a right to hire, right to fire state. Do you think there I can you. get away with that? <laughs> <laughs> North Carolina, because, okay, so every state that I moved to, one of the first things I ever do is look up the rights for employees. In North Carolina, you have basically no rights. The only Absolutely. one I state that's worse, I think, is Florida. But in, in North Carolina, you have no rights whatsoever. They don't even have to give you a lunch break. They don't even have nope. to... They have to give you federally mandated overtime, but they can change it around in ways so that you don't get it. And the state is perfectly fine with it. So, yeah, North Carolina fucking sucks when it comes to being an employee. So that, of course, this dude, oh, my God, only in North Carolina would he find a judge that was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. You're white, dude. Yeah, I think you're right, man. This is all about your whiteness. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's all about, oh, my God. Wow. And this is going to sound like a huge deviation from what we are talking about. But we are actually, this movie is 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 a reflection, an indictment, a condemnation of all of that. Because it, it, it actually is a demonstration of classism in all of its furor. And I think Sarah Michelle Gellar, who plays, uh, what, is the, uh, what, what is her character? Was she like a counselor or something? Head, headmaster, She's I a think. headmaster, yes. I think she's headmaster. As headmaster, yeah. I think she brings all of that up very, very perfectly in her interactions with uh, Camila Mendes as Drea Torres, is that, no, I picked you out of the dirt and decided for you that you were going to be my minion. And I'm not even going to nurture you. I'll just delegate somebody to do it for me because, why well, you don't, you know, worth my time. But it makes me feel good about myself because scholarship, <laughs> you know what I mean? And as a kid who was not victim but a recipient of scholarship, I felt that, dude. I felt that because every day, listen to me, any institution that gives you a scholarship will remind you of it every day, either because they want you to praise them all the time and make them feel good about themselves or as a way to keep you in check. But they will remind you, remember, it is because of our goodness, of the goodness of our hearts that you hear. So fuck up and you out. That's it. So this is what we're talking about here. And this is why this movie to me is more than just a teenage 
let's do revenge type of shit. Um, what else you got, Jojo? <laughs> I I liked the character. I, don't, I shouldn't say I liked the character, but I thought the character of the the headmaster was was very very good, and I think Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller did a fantastic job with her. And I kind of wish we'd gotten a few more scenes with her. Because that was a character I would have liked to have seen a little more out of because yes. she had a lot of depth and a lot of, of and I'm not going to say good things, <laughs> but, but, but life views that were probably life views for these kids that were totally realistic yes. in the sense of she completely understood how the system worked and she benefited, of course, from how the system worked and she was fine with how the system worked, but it was very interesting to see someone who really held all of the, the, the strings, if you will, to how this kind of, of patriarchy and, and money controlled school system works. Yep. And that, that was, that was interesting to me. She was a very, very interesting character. And I, I do wish we'd seen a little bit more from her. And I, I think, you know, albeit very few scenes in every scenes, she acted the hell out of the character. Yes. Because one of the ways, if you if you notice, of showing control is summoning someone and let them just sit there and stew until you decide to speak. Mm-hmm. And she did that perfectly when she's trimming that bonsai and just like, I'm not ready to talk to you. I just wanted you to sit here. So hold on. This is right now. This is more important. You know, and that is powerful that's powerful because if you ever you want someone to know that they're in trouble summon them and don't be immediate with your scolding it's like fucking crazy they would rather you put them in front of a firing squad (laughs) (laughs) parents will know what the hell i'm talking about (laughs) you know so that 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 was fantastic. So let's go ahead and talk about the cast already, because mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, Camila Mendes as Drea Torres, fabulous, fantastic. She's not an actress I'm very accustomed to because she's been on the CW shit, and I don't watch any CW stuff. Right. She was on Riverdale. She was on, um, yeah, that kind of stuff and Palm Springs. And, and I've, no, I've never watched any of that stuff either. So not familiar with her, but I, I thought, I think she's fantastic in this. And I think that she understood this character extremely well and brought her to life just, just brilliantly. I thought she was great. I really, really did. Because she, she could have made this character really uninteresting and just really typical. And in my opinion, she she didn't do any of that. She made her very interesting yes. and made her, even though she's not a likable character at all, she didn't try to play to any of us really trying to like her very much. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like she, yeah. you know, she, she is victim. She is a victim. She, and she has been victimized, but at the same time, she's done some crap herself. Yeah. And the, the, the actress just owns that for her character. And I, I, I admired that. Well, one of the things I liked about this movie is the fact that parents are mentioned, but because nothing was about the parents, you never saw any parent, any no, parent was. No. The only adults you see in this movie are the headmaster and the 
director or whatever he was, who always acted as MC, and it was just to give the floor to uh, Max. <laughs> but but other than that, you don't see any adults because this was the movie about these kids, and it was it was all about them. But yes, Cam uh, Camila Mendes, Drea. Uh, was this imperfect, imperfect character that had no illusions of being perfect. She just wanted her fucking revenge. Like, I'm an asshole yes. too, but you don't do me like this. <laughs> you know? Yes. I'm just going to go yes. after you, you know. Yes. And, and much in the same way is my, by the way, I have to say, Camila Mendes refers to, the director refers to herself as, as a woman of color, uh, and obviously she's portraying a Latina as Drea Torres. Camila Mendes is Latina, not Hispanic, in the sense that her parents are from Brazil. And uh, we are all Latinos, but some of us don't necessarily, our countries don't speak Spanish as origin. Brazil speaks Portuguese. If you notice, her Mendes is with an S in the end and not with a Z, which makes it Portuguese and not uh, Spanish. I thought I don't know if anybody is going to pay attention to that, but I thought I would make that distinction because yeah, uh, I think th I think that's interesting. I think that's interesting, and I think it's it's yeah. it's actually Latino Hispanic Heritage Month or whatever. So yes, the the, the, the I, there's a lot of confusion as to who is Latino and who is Hispanic, and I like to remind people that not all Latinos are Hispanic. It's important to, to understand that. If you understand that, then you will have a better guidance and clearance as to what a Latino, Latinx means versus uh, Hispanic. Not necessarily different, except that Hispanics are people that speak, that our countries of origin speak Spanish, who, fall, who are also part of their Latinx community, and Latino in general are every person born or from the origins of Latin America, not necessarily Spain. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Maya Hawk, as I said uh, to Georgia before the show started, my son and I were talking about Maya Hawk, and he referred to Ethan Hawk as Maya Hawk's dad, and I felt that. I feel like I'm I'm, I'm 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 so old right now. It's not even funny. That one hits you in the in the soul and in the heart and in the gut. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you know his name is Ethan Hawke, right? He does have a name, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Maya Hawke was fantastic, and I love her voice too, Jojo. Like he, she's got this weird raspy thing going on, dude. Yeah, kind of like a raspy, throaty. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I'm I'm interested in voices. So yeah. hers is so so different from the quote unquote typical, you know, young person of her. Yeah. Of her. Uh, it's almost as if she's an old soul talking, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because she has she's a weird ass combination of of Ethan and her mother. You know, because like <laughs> in some ways you look at her. And all you see is Uma. But there are mm -hmm. some faces that she makes you like, oh, there's Ethan. It's it's just amazing. It, like mm -hmm. genetics are something, one of the things that I will never comprehend because it's mm -hmm. just so great like that, you know. 
-hmm. So I enjoy watching her because of that. She's she's too too mysterious and very much out there kind of girl, you know. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. And her acting was fantastic too. Yeah. I just can't wait to see what she does next. I think she's I think she's great and I I I think everything she does just shows a little bit more she polishes her craft a little bit more every time she acts, and uh, that's just fun to watch. So Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, and the other actors in there were Ava Capri, Talia Ryder, Maya Rafiko, and surprisingly, Sophie Turner was there. And I only realized it was Sophie Turner in the very end, <laughs> uh, like at that rehab place or whatever, you know. <laughs> Like that's Sophie Turner, man. <laughs> yeah, that was a... she. She gets a fun little little character yes. there. Just a few little lines that are that are fantastic. Don't do so... okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got an actual coke habit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Do cocaine. cocaine. She doesn't do cocaine. And she, she has her do... hype man or Yes. <laughs> uh, these characters were funny, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Rish Shah was a surprising character here uh, as Ross. But nowadays in the United States, there's nowhere you go, even to any school in particular or whatever. Like my son went to these, uh, uh, what you call it? Like one of those bilingual magnet programs and stuff and uh, yeah there were a couple of kids from spain and germany and england or whatever so so it's not a far-fetched idea that in a boarding school in florida in miami you would find a little rich english good english uh, kid because yeah it, it, this country is full of European transplants, much like mm -hmm. there's a lot of American transplants everywhere you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he was an interesting little character and I liked him because he was the creative type and sort of like, not self-righteous, but righteous more than mm -hmm. anything else. And I like that. Yeah. yeah. Out of all these fucked up people, it's refreshing to see someone who, who has a bit of a, of a conscience, no, it's just like, yeah, I can, I can, I, I, I like, I dig that. He's not yeah. extremely good or whatever. He's just a good, decent human being. Yeah. yeah. He's a decent dude, which is, you know, that's a, as much as this show or movie is a little campy and over the top with some things, I think with some of the characters, um, it's not really campy and over the top with with all of the characters you know like like this guy like he could have been i'm the good guy you yeah, know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's just a decent dude like you exactly. said so. one normal if you want to call it normal yeah, yeah semi-normal <laughs> um one of the funniest lines in this movie for me and i don't know why it was so funny to me is when <laughs> Drea approaches uh, what's uh, Carissa <laughs> when she started working at the at the farm. She's like, <laughs> "Why are you talking to me? We've met before. You called me a human Birkenstock." And I'm like, "Yo, that is the 
funniest shit. <laughs> Dude, that's like the insult of the century, man. <laughs> A human being can stop. I don't know why I found this funny, but it is funny, Jojo. It is funny. It's it my... is funny. I, I laughed really hard at that, too. Do you know how creative that shit is? <laughs> Fucking human. <laughs> Andrea was just like, oh, okay, cute. <laughs> she said, yes. She's so bad, like, she doesn't even realize it. So you're insulted, like. Seriously? <laughs> okay. Just, I gave you that name. You should be so proud. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny, man. I, I loved it. It's like wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we talked about Sarah Michelle Gellar being in here, and as we speak, there's a douchebag mowing his lawn. So it's about <laughs> to ruin my podcast. Uh, of course. Unfortunately, my studio is right next to the street, so, and, uh, of course, whatever, man. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I will recommend this movie because it's it's not as light as it may sound if you think about the the premise of it. It just goes dark so fast that you'll be like, what the hell did I just start watching? Isn't it, Jojo? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 fantastically funny, and uh, it is well ex- executed. There's some fantastic lines in it. The acting is good. It's not going to be the greatest movie of the year or anything, but it it <laughs> it's good. It's very good in an unexpected way, as you said. Yeah. So uh, we have reviewed Lou, which I don't know. I, I'm. We failed to mention, we're not saying you shouldn't watch Lou, actually. Lou is actually a cool-ass little movie. I think my issue with it was just the fact that I personally didn't buy the whole Alex and Janet kicking ass and being a mountain woman kind of shit. I I, I buy the kicking ass because Alex and Janet is capable of that and more. I just don't buy the whole mountain woman stuff. I I, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's again it's not a fantastic movie. I think I said that at the beginning. It's not a, a blow you away type. Oh my god, this is the best action movie I've ever seen. But it's it's fun. It's it's one of those things that you can kind of throw on while you're eating dinner and and just enjoy the little moments of you know Alice and Janie throwing somebody across a room with a pot of soup. I mean, it's just... yeah, awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. The lines are funny. Huge, beautiful one-liners that will make you laugh your ass off. I'm like, why am I laughing at this? But that's the kind of things I like. And <laughs> coming from, uh, you know, coming from Alison Janney, that I know that she, that's that's her type of thing. That those are things that she would come up with. Like I I heard, <laughs> I listened to an interview of Alison Janney on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. And to date, for me, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And it only lasted about seven minutes. It was during the pandemic. She was, she said she was back in Ohio, at, in Ohio, Connecticut, I think, at her parents' basement bedroom that used to be her bedroom. <laughs> and then somebody asked her, like, you know, 
are they like over the moon that you are an Oscar winning actress and, and stuff? She's like, no, they still want me to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about any of that bullshit. <laughs> She's funny. She's funny. I love this woman. Uh, so watch Lou and watch Do Revenge and tell us what you think. We have the most silent audience ever. <laughs> you know, they come and listen to what we have to say and then they go and watch whatever we said or whatever. But, you know, seriously, tell us what you think because maybe I'm being too hard and, and a bit of, of a douche with, the, with Lou. But you tell me. Right, Jojo? That's right. All right. So we are going to call it a day today. And before we do that, of course, we are going to invite you to explore and find us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also on uh, the Pinterest. You will find Jojo on Instagram as... KNS co-host. And as for me, you'll find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Mr. Putzetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Our website is kickinandstreamingpodcast.com. Go there, find out what is your favorite app that you'd like to listen to this podcast. You'll find us everywhere. And also, you will find our little button to go to buy me a water. Like, what is it? Is it buy me a water? Buy me a coffee. <laughs> buy me a coffee. Yeah. Buy me a coffee. And if you'd like to make a contribution, monetary uh, contribution to this podcast, we will really appreciate it. But for now, I think uh, we're going to call it a day, Jojo, any? Yeah, I think so. All right. So this is Jojo and Graham calling it a day. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.